0: You're listening to Simplifying Investing with Diana Messina. This podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. Now, here's Diana. Hello and welcome to Simplifying Investing with Diana Messina. This podcast looks at the hows and whys of economics to help you to improve your financial literacy and ultimately make you feel more confident about the economic environment and what that means for your personal finances. The recent horrible events in Israel and Palestine are a reminder that geopolitical events are a constant risk to the global order. While these events may appear to occur out of nowhere, the reality is that tensions are often bubbling under the surface for some time until a tipping point is reached. This is why timing the exact date of geopolitical events is extremely difficult and, dare I say, impossible. We can look at potential risks in the horizon to think about some of the dangers to our global order, but the timing of those events is very hard to know. We know that geopolitical events tend to cause some volatility in financial markets, and as a result, investors have become a lot more interested in geopolitics over the past few years. So today's podcast is going to look at some of the impacts of geopolitical events on financial markets and also on global economies. If we think about the last few years, it really feels like the world has been moving from one geopolitical event to another. If we remember Brexit, European elections and the threat of a country exiting from the Eurozone, US presidential elections, the US-China trade war, the protests in Hong Kong, the decline in globalisation around the world, China and Taiwan tensions, and most recently the war in Ukraine. Why does it seem like geopolitics has become more prevalent now? Well, one explanation is that it could reflect a gradual increase in inequality around the world before the pandemic, which has led to many advanced economies moving away from centrist type of government policies in favour of more extreme left and right wing fringes of the political spectrum. Or perhaps geopolitical risks seem more prevalent to us because we pay more attention to global events now than ever because of the easier access that we have to information all around the world, with an estimated 85% of the world holding a smartphone. One way to measure changes in geopolitical events and the risk that They cause is through a geopolitical risk index. This was something that was constructed by two researchers by the name of Dario Caldara and Matteo Iocavello and it's based on a tally of newspaper articles that they derived starting from the 1900s. We can see that the biggest impacts to the geopolitical risk index were events such as the First World War, the Second World War, the Korean War, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Gulf War, 9-11, the Iraq War, the Russia-Ukraine War and there has been some spike up recently from the tensions in Israel and Palestine. The recent researchers tally newspaper articles based on words that include war threats, peace threats, military buildups, nuclear threats, terror threats, beginning of war, escalation of war, and terror acts. The index should really be considered a concurrent indicator of rising or falling geopolitical risks because we see that the index rises and falls based on the exact timing of the geopolitical event itself. So it shouldn't really be considered a leading indicator of when tensions will erupt. As I said before, it's pretty much impossible to give an exact timing of when the geopolitical event will actually happen. There are numerous potential impacts of geopolitical events on both economies and financial markets. The direct impacts of geopolitical events occur through a loss to business and consumer confidence in the countries which are impacted by the event, and that flows through to consumer business spending, business investment, and ultimately GDP growth. If there is a case of war, then the destruction of buildings and infrastructure often has an initial negative hit to growth, but the eventual rebuilding that's associated with that then can cause a lift in GDP growth down the track. Countries that trade with the affected areas are also impacted through changes to import and export channels. And we often see that commodity prices are impacted by geopolitical events if there is a disruption to commodity supply. Financial markets also often respond to geopolitical events through the share market, both in directly impacted countries, but also around the major economies in the world. And that's because there's usually a loss to investor confidence and higher volatility. Currencies of impacted countries can often experience a large depreciation in response to events as investor uncertainty rises and often central banks have to make dramatic changes to interest rates, which also can lead to large moves in the currency. To measure the impact of geopolitical events on the share market, we looked at historical changes in the geopolitical risk index and the impact that that had to financial markets. The six major events through time since 1914 had about a minus 10% impact to the US share market initially. However, it's really important to keep in mind mind that there are not just economic factors at play that are influencing returns at the time of geopolitical events. For example, if we think about the period around the Gulf War, that occurred at the time of a US recession, and the US-Iraq war in 2003 was occurring right after the US tech crash. The current conflict in Israel has been occurring while US bond yields are reaching their highest levels since 2007 for a number of reasons – including expectations of higher inflation, stronger economic growth, and concern about the U.S. budget deficit. But high U.S. bond yields have been a major factor behind the fall in U.S. shares, alongside the current conflict in Israel and Palestine. If we think about the current situation, shares have fallen by about 4.5% since the conflict broke out. But alongside that, we've also had a lot of talk from US central bank officials about needing to keep interest rates high for longer. We've had an earnings season that hasn't been as strong as we probably would have liked. And also economic data that's been particularly strong for the US, which again goes to the risk that US interest rates will have to be hiked again or at least held at a high level for a longer period of time. So it's not just the conflict in Israel and Palestine that is causing the movements in share markets right now. What we also found from looking at historical geopolitical events and the risk to share markets was that. A year after the event, US share market returns were up by an average of 15% over the six events that we looked at. So this shows you that share markets do and can eventually recover from some of those negative geopolitical initial risks. The current conflict in Israel and Palestine initially had an impact to oil prices. The oil price initially went up by about 5 US dollars to 88 US dollars a barrel for the West Texas intermediate oil price. Since then, oil prices have come down again. So The volatility in oil markets is also reflective of the fact that there are other factors that are going on to influence commodity prices and other components in financial markets. The risk is that oil prices head higher from here. While Israel itself is not a major producer of oil, the current conflict in the Middle East could drag in other oil producers like Iran, who financially back Hamas and Hezbollah in Lebanon, and Iran account for about 2.5% of global oil production. The immediate concern is that higher oil prices will lead to a resurgence in inflation and threaten central bank inflation targets, leading to ultimately higher interest rates, similar to the breakout in commodity prices that occurred in 2022, which occurred before the Russia-Ukraine war, but was exacerbated. By that conflict. While high commodity prices are a threat to inflation, the current economic environment is vastly different to where it was in 2022. Last year, interest rates were much lower and the hiking cycle around the world, well, at least in advanced economies, had only really just begun. So household budgets were in a much better shape. High oil prices right now will only threaten inflation if they get passed down through the supply chain. And we think if there is a substantial further increase to oil prices from here, will really be viewed as a tax on spending by consumers rather than a threat to prolonged higher inflation. In terms of Australia's direct exposure to the current conflict in the Middle East, Australia has a very small trade relationship with Israel. It's only worth about 0.1% of exports and 0.2% of imports. So the direct impact to our trade channels is quite low. The major impact of the current conflict in the Middle East to Australia is really through the financial market channel and also through any large changes to commodity prices, particularly oil. So what does all of this mean for investors? While it may feel like there are more geopolitical risks than ever before, which risk moving the world into a continuous dysfunctional and fragmented global order, which ultimately means higher volatility for returns. When we look at things like the geopolitical risk index, we actually can see that it was moving pretty much in in line with its historical average prior to the pandemic. So there's no signs that geopolitical risks are continuing to expand and get worse every single year. When we look at things like global military spending, which can also be a sign of rising or falling geopolitical risks, we can see that it's actually been on a long-term decline since the 1960s. Back then it was worth about 6% of global GDP. Now it's worth just over 2% of GDP. Although in the near term, we could see military spending rising from its current levels given the high amount of spending on the Ukraine war across Western countries and also from the current conflict in the Middle East. If we think about the biggest geopolitical risks that face us over the next few years, I'd really like to point out a few. The first one is the US and China tech rivalry and also the race by both to be the dominant world power. That's occurring at a time that China is becoming a much larger share of the economy and that's moving the world from being a unipolar polar to a multipolar world. When that type of shift happens, geopolitical risks tend to rise. There's also still a lot of tensions between China and Taiwan, and Taiwan does have some backing now from Western countries, which can increase those tensions over the next few years. Global elections over the next few years are also likely to be important. The US has its presidential election in 2024, and Russia and Taiwan also have elections next year. And there's also continued risks around Iran's building nuclear capability. Given the difficulty that I've described with predicting the precise timings of geopolitical events, it's important to be mindful of some of the risks on the horizon, but actually knowing when these events will play out is very hard. And that That's why the bottom line for investors is that it's really important to have a diversified investment portfolio, given that we know some of these risks are on the horizon. I think as an investor, it's also really important to be mindful that the volatility in financial markets that we've had over recent years can be attributed to the very significant changes that we've had in both monetary and fiscal policy. And this is reflected in indices like the Economic Policy Uncertainty Index, which is an index that is derived from newspaper articles that include topics like the economy, government legislation, budgets, regulation, central banks and interest rates. These economic factors are going to be major drivers of share markets over the next few years. For regular listeners, you will know that our outlook for share markets is mixed. The very high risk of recession in the next 6 to 12 months and the recent significant rise in bond yields means that the next few months of share market returns could be rocky and that another leg down in shares cannot be ruled out. Although we do usually have a Santa Claus rally towards the end of the year as we get closer to Christmas, so we could see some better performance from that. But still be mindful that the risk of a recession next year is still a potentially big negative for share markets. But our longer term view on shares still remains positive. We think that inflation's going to surprise to the downside in 2024 and that growth will also be quite weak. And ultimately, this should allow central banks to cut interest rates. When we get interest rate cuts, we think that that will be positive for both corporate earnings and as a result for share market returns. I hope that today's podcast was useful to you and that you've learned something about the impact of geopolitical risks on both economies and financial markets. Until next time. To keep up to date with Yana's podcasts and reports, follow her on LinkedIn and your favorite streaming platform.